0: Welcome to the most enchanted podcast in all the realms. I'm Lynn. I'm Elisa.
1: And I'm Chell. Together, we are The Narrators Narrators 3. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where all plot devices come with a price. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 4, Episode 8, Smash the Mirror, Part 1. And I will save everyone and not sing the Who. Oh, uh, you're going to save them? Yeah, I keep putting my wife through it, preparing for this episode. I've been seeing The Who.
0: Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) The original air date was November 16th, 2014. The writers were David H. Goodman and Jerome Schwartz. The director was Eagle Eglison. And the title card is Emma's Car in a Snowstorm. We begin our tale in Arendelle of the Past with Ingrid on horseback at night as she comes upon a cave where she hides the sorcerer's hat box. We then skip to the Enchanted Forest, where Ingrid arrives at the cottage of the sorcerer's apprentice. He knows why she has come and refuses to help her, but she views him as an errand boy anyway and wishes to speak to the sorcerer himself.
2: Wow, she really said, I like to speak to your manager. Isolation must turn you into a Karen, I guess. The Kingdom of Isolation, and it looks like I'm a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so good! (laughs) Oh, good. Thank you. Ingrid wishes to make a deal, but the apprentice insists that the sorcerer will not work with Ingrid, as Ingrid has succumbed to darkness. She then reveals her ace, the possession of the sorcerer's hat. No, no, not his hat. Oh, no, it's not my chapeau! (laughs) This causes concern within the apprentice who takes up a sword and points it at Ingrid's neck as he demands that she returns the hat. Ingrid, of course, is not a fool. And if the sorcerer wishes to have his hat back, he will give her what she wants, happiness. The happiness she had before her powers revealed themselves. She now wants two sisters born with magic. One will be Elsa and the other needs to be filled. She is willing to wait as long as it takes to find the perfect third sister.
2: You know, if you didn't need both of your new sisters to be blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryan race examples, you probably would have gotten your teeny new family together faster.
1: Yeah, it's all a little fashy, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, this was a perfect timing. I feel like she, she could have got Regina. She could have swooped up Regina. If she didn't, she didn't care. And Regina (laughs) had a terrible (laughs) upbringing. So she
0: would have been like, hell yeah, Ingrid, let's go. I mean, she would have made a better sister than fucking Zelina. Oh
1: God. I mean, you can't
2: be worse.
1: In present day Storybrooke, Emma wakes from a restless slumber to find her powers are still wonky. She gets out of the car just as Henry stumbles upon her. Emma explains that her powers are out of whack and he has to skedaddle. But Henry calls her out for pulling away as Emma believes it will fix her problems. And Henry is just the best person in this town and he understands his mother so much and I love this kid so much. Throughout the chat, Henry had been walking closer and reaches out as Emma pleads for him to wait. But as soon as he touches her hand, Henry is blown backwards by her magic. Oh no, she yeeted the boy. She yeeted the boy! Sure Again. He's did
2: Henry just keeps getting yeeted
1: in this show. He does, because he got yeeted in the first episode of season three. Oh yeah. He was yeeted off the cliff. He was yeeted across a title card. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Henry only has a minor scrape behind his ear, but Emma is distraught and demands he go, which Henry does. Ingrid appears behind her, claiming to understand what she is going through after seeing the fear in Henry's eyes. To be
0: honest, I don't think Henry looked frightened.
1: I think he looked
0: determined and like he was listening to his mother because, you know,
1: he a good boy. I agree. He wasn't afraid. I think he was trying to help his mom as best as he could and realized that he needed to be away and safe for Emma's peace of mind in that moment. Ingrid tells Emma that the only way this ends is Emma embracing who she is. Emma warily tells her that if it involved hurting the people she loves, no thanks. She gets into her car and drives off while Ingrid watches. Meanwhile, at Regina's family crypt, she ignores a phone call before the camera reveals a disheveled Prince of Thieves, signaling to the audience that these two spent the night together.
2: Ugh, do we really need to be reminded that they banged in a crypt? I still hate this so much.
1: Regina, we are gonna have a talk later. Robin invites Regina back to his camp to cook her breakfast, but she declines. Sir, I hate camping. Come back
0: to my nice big house with a gourmet kitchen.
1: I know! Regina deserves to be courted in a house. Regina then laments that she should have listened to Tinkerbell. And chosen Robin over evil all those years ago.
2: A lateral move, really.
0: (laughs) I mean, we should always listen to our queer gal pals.
1: It's true. I don't know,
2: Robin sucks. Yeah, it
1: would have been better than being evil. Mm. I said what I said. It was a (laughs) lateral move. Honestly, she should have just stuck with Tinkerbell. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Robin then says something utterly lacking self-awareness that narrator Chell wrote it in here into the episode recap for me to read. Uh, He says, you've made mistakes. And now you're making up for them. Sir, I beg of you, please shut up.
0: As our friend Ariana said Robin, you fuckboy with main character syndrome.
1: Also, your wife is frozen right now, and shouldn't you be caring about that? You just stuck her in a freezer. <laughs>
0: He know, literally. She
1: was literally fridged. She was literally fridged. Oh, she was literally fridged. Oh no! Oh no. She was fridged for man pain. Except he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> the person so She was Regina. fridged for nothing. It's it's true. Regina, Regina is the only one point. trying to
2: do anything about it. so Robin's just like boop boop boop. My wife's in the freezer,
1: and we haven't seen how Roland has reacted at all. <laughs> That's no. his mother.
2: Well, because in addition to forgetting he has a wife, I feel like he's also forgotten he has a son.
1: I know. Who's watching Roland?
2: I don't fucking know.
1: Little John. Little John. John. Poor little John. That's his son now. Yeah. Pretty much. Regina wisely extracts herself from him, certain that even if Marion did not exist, the relationship would end badly. This was a one-time thing. Regina shows Robin the magic storybook with all their tales. But Robin says the book is about the past and Regina is different. I I do think it's funny that Regina left out when she was talking about the book about like what's in there. The fact that it does say in the book that Regina was the one who sent his Marion to death. Like just a little detail from her past, you know, nothing Robin needs to know. Like you'd think they would have discussed it by now, but no, they haven't. He still doesn't know. Regina believes the author is sticking to their guns about the rules of the story. And no matter how much a new leaf a villain overturns, they will never be destined for a happy ending. Robin threatens violence to the author, but Regina does not know who or where the author is. Robin offers to help, but she declines and insists that they cannot slip up a next time. Robin then backs her up against the wall kind of gross with her boundaries but thankfully she's into it
0: Ugh, no
1: words also it's definitely implied in this conversation here that this was the first time regina and robin have slept together and i'm like sir she is a queen she deserves better than crypt sex her father is is literally buried here
2: oh ew i didn't even think about that
1: i'm like come on dude it's very interesting because the first time I watched this, I was not mad at the Outlaw Queen ship. Actually, I liked Oh, you liked it. I liked it. I liked the two of them. When this first aired, I was rooting for Robin and Regina. And it's been interesting on rewatch. I think it's because I'm both at a different point in my life and also because I'm viewing the show in a different way that the ship is less appealing to me this time around. I still don't hate it. Right now, in this moment, I I do not like it. Even back when this was first airing, I did not like this part of their journey. It was just miserable all around. But overall, I did like them. And I was a Robin Hood fan. You know, there's parts of Sean McGuire Robin Hood I do very much like, but I I don't like this writing for him. There's so much I can't say because I don't want to give spoilers for what's coming. But the narrative does some really, really awful things to him. And so I'll always have this sympathy for this character because I do not think he deserves what is going to happen to him. And I don't think the narrative is as kind or as gentle to him when he needs it or even understands what it actually did when it's going to do what it puts him through. I know that's so vague. I'm so sorry about that. I'm trying really hard not to give anything away, but it's really awful. So I have this interesting thing where part of me is very protective of Robin Hood. And the other part of me is just very upset with his behavior in this storyline and just do not think him and Regina are right for each other. And uh, it's an interesting place to be. Because, like I said, I I was invested in the ship the first time around. And this time around, while I'm not invested in the ship, I am still a little protective of him, but I can also see his faults and I'm very much not happy with him right now. But also, I have this protectiveness because I know what he's going to go through. Elisa has very complicated feelings about Robin Hood in this. Meanwhile, at the loft, Mary Margaret, David, Elsa, and Hook return defeated. Hook thinks they ought to respect Emma's desire to be alone, but Elsa says that the longer Emma isolates herself, the worse everything will get. Also, Elsa calling Emma's car a big yellow driving machine in the scene was very funny, and it made me laugh. And she's not wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it is a big yellow driving machine. It is what it is. Mary Margaret wants to return to the search but David wisely decides that the best thing is to get rest and refuel with food. Henry arrives, much to everyone's surprise as he was supposed to stay home, and reports back on his findings. Elsa says that when powers are out of control, everything is upside down, and the last people one would like to see are the people that one loves. However, she ultimately learned that it was her loved ones who ultimately helped her the most. I do think it was very funny in this scene that Hook was like, well then, which one of the seven dwarves does Emma like the least to like suggest (laughs) sending him as the safest one to talk to Emma? Which
2: I think I went IDK happy. Back in Arendelle
1: of the Past, Elsa is supervising the preparations for a lavish feast celebrating Anna's return. However, Aunt Ingrid arrives and announces that Anna will not be at dinner because she has been deceitful and brought back a magic hat which will take away Elsa's powers.
2: Do the writers once upon a time ever stop and think about how ridiculous these lines sound? How do you, with a straight face, write things like, they found a magical hat to take away your powers?
1: <laughs> the hat is the very item, Ingrid reveals, that their parents died trying to hunt down. Ingrid reveals that not only is Anna planning on using the hat on Elsa, she attempted it first on Ingrid, who has her locked down in the dungeon. Elsa is far too close with Anna to believe this, insisting that there must be a misunderstanding. Ingrid then doubles down by revealing it was Gerda who imprisoned her in the urn, and Anna is just like her mother, a dejected Elsa asks to be alone, which Ingrid graciously grants.
0: Bitch, you gots to go.
1: (laughs) In present-day storybrook, Mr. Gold enters the pawn shop to find all of the doodads and gizmos whirring and buzzing of their own accord.
2: This is some Maximum Overdrive nonsense. I thought it was a cool touch
0: from the FX department.
2: Yeah, it was really neat. I really like this scene. It's all fun and games, so the hairdryer tries to kill you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gold calls out to Emma, who he knows is hiding from everyone else, she insists. I loved this scene between the magical mechanics all around the shop and Gold simply knowing it was a hiding Emma without actually seeing her. I just thought it was really magical and charming. It was probably my favorite scene in the episode. And it breaks my heart,
0: to be honest, because once again, I hate that he's still a villain because this was like the perfect opportunity for them to actually develop like the kind of wicked fairy goblin kind of trope for him with Emma and actually like legitimately help her. And I thought that would have been 10 times more interesting than what they actually ended up doing.
1: Because in season one, this actually probably would have just been him helping her. Yeah. Like he would have had his own motives, but he would have probably just straight helped her if this was a season one gold, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. And and also it's like, this is the mother of your grandchild. Yeah. She's like the entire reason why you were even able to reunite with Bay in the first place. So how about a little gratitude, my dude?
1: (laughs) Scared, Emma asked Gold for his help with controlling her powers. As she hurt Henry. This turn concerns him, and he tells her of an ancient spell which will remove all her magic. Emma is ready to go, but Gold insists that Savior magic will not go quietly, and while Emma herself will not be hurt, everything within a city block radius will be wiped out. He just happens to have a handy dandy map of Storybrook within reach and asks Emma to meet him at an abandoned mansion later that evening to work on the spell. Once Emma leaves the shop, Gold crumples up the alleged ancient spell and tosses it into the weights basket. Jesus God, what
2: an absolute turd.
1: Wait a double cross again and ruin the scene, Rumple. Ugh, it's not surprising, but it's so disappointing that he was lying to her. We return to Arendelle of the Past, where Elsa marches down to the dungeon to see Anna. Elsa is no nonsense as she confronts Anna about their parents and shows nothing but contempt until she dismisses the guards. Only when they are alone does Elsa reveal this is all a ruse as she hastily unlocks the cell to free her sister. Anna cheerfully admits she believed her sister's ruse and that Ingrid is smart, scary, and powerful. I loved Elsa not believing Ingrid's lies about Anna for one minute. It shows so much growth in both her self-image and her belief in Anna, and it was a really lovely moment. It also reminded me of how Helga didn't believe the Duke of Wesseltons lies about Ingrid either.
2: R.I.P. Helga. You were the only decent adult, Nelson, and Anna's family. Mm -hmm. She was. Forever I'll
1: be like, oh man, I wish those girls had had their Aunt Helga. She would have been so supportive.
2: Only good apple in the bunch. Yep.
1: Elsa returns Anna's snowflake necklace before revealing her plan to sneak Anna out of the castle and trap Ingrid back into the urn. Anna volunteers to find the urn as she spent her youth exploring every nook and cranny of the castle. In present day, Elsa has finished patching up Henry and tells his grandparents that she spoke with him about Emma's powers, saying that they are tied to her emotions like Elsa's powers are. The reason Emma hurt him was because she was trying so hard not to hurt him. Regina then bursts in, demanding an update on Henry. She has the locator potion David requested, and a sly Mary Margaret gives Regina the heads up that she needs to finish buttoning up her blouse.
2: Which is nice of her because, Regina, babe, your boob was full hanging out of that shirt.
1: Mary Margaret's a real one. (laughs) That she is. The locator spell needs to be used on an item of Emma's, such as the scarf David spies. Emma then rings Mary Margaret, who updates her on Henry before profusely apologizing to her daughter. Emma reveals she plans to rid herself of her magic and will be home shortly for Cocoa with Cinnamon. Before Mary Margaret can ask further details, Emma hangs up. The gang is floored at this new twist. A stunned Hook looks in vain for his phone, saying he left it in the back of David's truck before he takes off. And in this dramatic moment, there is a very funny part where Killian called his phone a talking phone, which was adorable. And I will never be tired of all the Killian technology humor. Mm-hmm. Just outside the apartment, Hook takes his phone out of his pocket because he was totally lying and calls Emma, leaving a message to warn her. He knows she went to Rumplestilskin for help. And Killian, I am so proud of you for being a smart cookie and figuring out right away that Gold is playing her.
0: Hanging out with Emma has really leveled up his smarts.
1: Her detective skills have really rubbed off on him. Mm -hmm. There's also a deleted scene from this episode that I'm not sure where it would have gone. Probably sometime around here. And in it, Elsa and Snow have a heart to heart. And it was a really lovely, quiet moment. And I really wish they would have kept it in the episode. Like Snow was so gentle with Elsa. And I thought it was a very nice moment. Thought they should have kept it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. In the past... Kristoff, Elsa, and Anna enter what was once used by the three sisters in a long-forgotten part of the castle. Elsa takes a moment to sympathize with Ingrid, but Anna insists they will not be torn apart like Gerda and Ingrid were. We haven't talked about it yet, but I feel like it's a very interesting choice that they named Anna and Elsa's mother, Gerda, in this show. As Gerda was our young heroine in the original fairy tale of The Snow Queen, and in that story, Gerda is essentially the prototype for Anna in Frozen.
2: Oh, interesting! That must be why they did it. It also makes me give them a little more slack, since every time Gerda is brought up, I'm like, "Who the fuck is Gerda? Your name is Iduna."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool fact, Elisa. I love the Snow Queen so much; it's like one of my all-time favorites. You're you a resident. A baby,
2: you're Danish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you
0: are our resident Hans Christian Andersen expert.
2: It's a little my big fat Greek wedding around here sometimes, but I still love you.
1: I have. I've been to his house. I've been to the museum that's at his little yellow house. Aw, that's so cool.
2: And yet I had to show you the musical Hans Christian Andersen. You had not seen it.
1: I'd never seen the musical
2: Hans Christian Andersen.
1: And then my mind was blown because. Your mom literally used to sing you songs from it. Yeah. Because she used to sing the ugly duckling song to me all the time. I was just like, oh, that's what that's from. And I love Danny Hayes. And my sister loved that movie as a kid. So I have no idea how I Hans Christian Andersen I don't know how
2: it took however freaking long it was. I showed it to you during the beginning of the pandemic, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: We were watching a lot of classic
2: musicals.
0: Way past the, oh my god, they were roommates phase of your relationship.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, we were were engaged and had leased a house together. (laughs) Yeah, this was like- Hans Christian Andersen late 2020 early 2021
1: i want to say
0: oh my god we had started the podcast
1: (laughs) yeah It it was around the same time we started the podcast yeah
0: that's hilarious
1: anna finds a frozen hans in a wardrobe where the urn has also been hiding and i'm just like did ingrid take frozen hans home as a trophy and did she make like Elsa and Kristoff carry him
2: home? <laughs> All serial killers have trophies, babe. They're just usually not that
1: big.
0: I wonder what she was planning to do with it. No. Why does she have Hans in a closet? She's going to dress him up. You know how like people have like... better than under the floorboards. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> she was going to dress him up. Like, you know how people have like those like little duck statues like outside their house and they dress yes. them like in little rain slickers when it's <laughs> raining and like little Easter hats and little Halloween costumes? I bet you that's what she was going to do, she was going to like make him a lawn ornament. <laughs> I'm Chell, and I've been leaving my window open since I was 11 years old in the hopes I would be given the dark gift. You can find me blasting the bodacious soundtrack to the Lost Boys and laughing at memes taking a bite out of the
1: Vampire Chronicles. I'm Tori, and I've been hoping to run into a vampire since I was 12. But like, one I can befriend, not one who will kill me. You can find me reading almost any book with a vampire in it and being angry about the final seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampires have ruined our lives. That's why we're making a podcast about it. Our podcast discusses vampire books, movies, TV shows, tropes, folklore, and more. If it's about the Fang Dundead, we want to talk about it. So tune in to Vampires Ruin My Life, available wherever you find podcasts. In present-day storybrook, Mr. Gold visits Ingrid in her ice cave to tell her that he has his own plans for Emma now, and reveals that he painstakingly collected the shattered pieces of the urn and reconstructed them just enough to draw a circle around Ingrid, encasing her so she cannot interfere with his plans.
2: This goddamn dick also has the absolute gall to preach at Ingrid about how he's never betrayed anyone like he isn't the most duplicitous (laughs) piece of shit ever. Like, (laughs) his lack of self-awareness is absolutely galling. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, at Granny's Diner, Will Scarlet is here, and I am so happy. Even his background music is delightful and fun in this very dramatic episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, this scenes making me so happy. Will empties the contents of his flask into his coffee mug before Robin pulls the mug away so he can recruit his former merry man on his quest to discover the identity and whereabouts of the author. Will reveals that the magic began at the clock tower and that under the clock tower is a library.
0: So hit the books, Robin, and stop bothering our good boy.
1: I love Will schooling Robin so much.
0: Oh my god, you guys. I mean, we we all love Scarlet Queen, right?
1: Yeah. I miss them. Anastasia and Will were the heart and soul of Wonderland. We all love that, but but just hear me out.
2: If you suggest him and Robin Hood, I'm leaving this podcast.
0: No, I was <laughs> saying Michael Socha as Robin
1: Hood. Well,
2: yeah. Oh that yeah. would have been great.
1: That would have been, been great. great. I'm super cute.
2: Well, (sighs) because he can actually play a lovable rogue, which is what Robin's supposed to be. And this ain't it.
1: At the loft, Mary Margaret is melancholy gazing at a picture of herself, Emma, and Happy that David took. And I like that the two of them question why they let Happy come to the party. And it was like the second Happy dig in this episode. And I wonder if that was due to the fact that Happy's actor turned out to be not a good person. Probably The show was just like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. David comes over and the two have a gentle philosophical debate over whether it is better to support Emma's choice to rid herself of magic or to run to her and insist on accepting her for who she is. Elsa overhears David saying that perhaps giving Emma her best chance is allowing her to be normal. You couldn't say non-magical, my dude? I know it was a wrong thing to say. Elsa was just like, fuck that. Not again. I'm gonna go find Emma.
0: Yeah, war flashbacks.
1: In the past, Anna and Elsa sneak through the castle, avoiding the guards.
0: Why are they avoiding Elsa's guards? Like, Elsa signs their paychecks, not Ingrid.
2: Potentially, and I don't know if this is it, but this is my take on it. If we really want to think into it, Ingrid's presence could muddle the line of succession since she was supposed to be the queen. So there could be a power shift in this circumstance. So from that logic, the guards would be obligated to inform Ingrid of what was happening in the palace.
0: That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, that's, that's
2: my best guess, because I also had the like, why are you sneaking around your own house moment? You could just be like, guys, you need to get out. But I was like, she was supposed to be queen, so potentially they're now answering to her.
1: Yeah. You're smart, babe.
2: You know, every once in a while it happens, broken clock and all that. Yeah,
0: you're very smart.
2: Thank you.
1: Elsa asks her sister about their parents' quest to Miss Haven, and Anna is forced to tell the truth of the mission. Anna speculates that if they were alive now, the king and queen would not want to hide the part of Elsa that Anna insists makes her special. Elsa isn't so sure but Anna insists she loves her sister no matter what. In the present, Elsa silently takes the scarf and the locator spell and sneaks out to find Emma herself. Meanwhile, Will breaks into the library for Robin. Except it's business hours and Robin reveals it's actually open. He's pretty, not smart. (laughs) Regina and Henry are then seen reading comics in his bedroom. Hey, we finally see the upstairs! And it's hella cute. (laughs) Is this the upstairs of the loft? For a second, yeah. First, I was like, "Is this Henry's room or Regina?" But no, it's upstairs at the loft. it's, It's upstairs at the loft. Yeah. Wow. New location unlocked. I know. Regina wants to talk about the incident with Emma, but Henry does not. She takes a look at his wound and heals it up, prompting Henry to vocalize his own desire for magic, as he feels he would be far more useful with it. Regina earns herself a gold star. By reminding him that he has the heart of the truest believer and that he is far from ordinary before reassuring him that Emma is a hero and heroes always win. I really liked this little scene. Not only does Regina reassure Henry, it's also clear that Regina has complete faith in Emma and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of feelings about that.
0: Would those feelings be tagged Swan Queen?
1: Hashtag. Swan Queen, hashtag Henry has two mothers. Yeah. Killian arrives at the pawn shop only to find rumplestiltskin Con. He makes one more desperate phone call to Emma. She confesses everything to her. First, that Gold wants to absorb Emma's powers in a magic hat that she will be locked in as well. Shoving people in a magic
2: hat just has to be one of the dumbest plot lines.
1: Gotta catch them all. Not a fucking hat you don't. (laughs) (laughs) And second, that the dark one dagger which bell possesses is a fake. He also reveals the blackmail gold has on Killian and apologizes for lying to her. After he hangs up, Killian notices the map with the location of the mansion circled. He dashes out of the shop.
0: Damn, that man really left like the longest message on her machine and I'm sure she's going to one day be like, "Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just going to hit delete." <laughs> <laughs> and he can tell me in person
2: is no one gonna say anything about the fact that the circled area on the map literally just says manor because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it does <laughs> like why would you put that on a map that's not how maps
1: work very strange like it's just it's, like it's house. a historical landmark but it's just manor. It, sh-
2: it would have like a title right but it doesn't if it's something... not like the xyz manor it just says manor
1: if he was the one who made the map What if he just wrote the manner that me and Belle had our honeymoon in? (laughs) Maybe that'd be very suspicious, though.
2: Everything he does is suspicious. I feel like at this point, people just go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh.
1: I am still so proud of Killian for figuring out Gold's plot right away, though. And I'm even more proud of Killian for being honest with Emma, finally. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the ice cave, Ingrid tries to escape her magic circle. And I just kept expecting Ingrid to, like, sit down crisscross applesauce in the center of the circle. Like, please make (laughs) yourself comfy if you're stuck Mm, there. I'm gonna be here a while.
0: (laughs) He didn't even leave any snacks for me. How rude.
2: I'm so bored.
1: She can make herself flavorless snow cones. (laughs) (laughs) Spying her reflection in the mirror, Ingrid waves her hand to reveal Emma driving. The radio begins to short, and as Emma begins to futz with it, a projection of Ingrid appears in the middle of the road. Emma swerves to avoid hitting her. Only the crash and smack her head against the window pane of the car. And credits. It was a very gentle looking car crash
2: yeah she does kind of just lay her head gently against the window and take a nap
1: <laughs> she was she was tired that's been yes. a lot She's like oh sleepy
0: sleepy <laughs> i've been driving all night
2: i thought i have a little sleepy
0: yeah i better pull over for safety reasons <laughs> <laughs> i like the flashback scenes in arendelle this episode because it really showcases how smart elsa is
1: which thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this episode was finally a great Elsa episode.
0: Yeah, took them long enough. Yeah. I didn't think about the line of succession being muddled, and that's why Elsa would avoid her own guards, but that's smart, so. Kudos to you, Lynn. Trust no bitch except your sis.
2: I don't have a sister. Who do I trust?
0: Me. I'm, I'm your <laughs> sister.
2: That's true. You have adopted me. I trust you. I think
0: Emma getting rid of her powers is silly, like, overall, right? But I think the idea of it makes sense for her character because she didn't have powers growing up. Well, she didn't know she had powers, you know, and this whole savior role is, you know, really overwhelming for her at times. It's just like, oh, my God. So it would seem logical to her. Like, best thing to do is get rid of them. I just hate that the showrunners walked back Gold's development, though. Like, the whole storyline would have done just fine without him needing to be the puppet master behind the scenes all along again. Like, it's tiresome. Like the woman saying, let it go, my dudes. <laughs> have faith in your other villains. Like Ingrid the Snow Queen, she is a fantastic villain. She didn't need his assistance or whatever the fuck, you know? Like, she would have been a great standalone. I don't mind the concept of a magic hat. I just think they presented it in the laziest fashion. Like, how about it is the entrance into a void dimension? Like, it's the status of oblivion. Like, it's just stasis in there. Or it sends you into Hades or it sends you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, like, remember in Willow, it's like Queen Babmordo was going to send Alora Dannon into oblivion, into a state of existlessness. You just cease to exist. And I thought it would have been so much scarier and so much cooler if like the hat was like the entrance into a very similar realm. Rather than just like you're gonna live in this hat for a while, the way that a uh, Cyrus was a genie who lived in the bottle,
2: because <laughs> that's yeah, that's master it, ball, yeah, because that's what it, they're
0: making it sound like.
2: Mm-hmm. Honestly, the longer this whole dumb saga about the magic hat continues, the more it just becomes a stupid bootleg version of Magic, and I am so tired of it. And if I hear someone talk about a magic hat, like it isn't the dumbest thing I've ever heard one more time, I'm going to start crying.
1: We just need Jasmine to show up and gently place the hat on Emma's head, like she does for Donald in Magic.
2: What is Philhar Magic? Bill Her Magic is a show at both the Magic Kingdom and Disney's California Adventure, and it follows Donald Duck as he goes through multiple animated movies trying to get back the Sorcerer's Apprentice's hat because he takes it at the beginning of the film to try and run Mickey's orchestra, and it goes sideways, and the hat keeps getting snatched out of his grasp.
0: That's hilarious. I want to see that.
2: It's very it's cute. super cute. And it's also really great what it's 90 goddamn degrees outside because you just get to sit your ass in air conditioning for 20 minutes.
1: Where is it playing in California Adventure?
2: It's on Hollywood Street. It's basically um, where
1: Muppets used to be.
2: Yeah, it's where Muppets used oh. to be. It's what took over the theater that Muppets was in. All so right it's right Muppet. across from the I know, which at least still lives on at Disney World.
0: I, um, and I'm I'm going to it.
1: And Shelly, you're you're going to be going to Disney World this year. Philhar Magic is in their Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, it's the same show in both locations. The theater in Fantasyland, I think, has better screens for Philhar Magic.
2: That one was made to be Philhar Magic like they made the screen specifically to show philhar magic on it i get you whereas at dca it used to be muppet vision so it was the theater that was tailor fit to have muppet vision in it right that then had philhar magic moved into it
1: so there's like remnants of muppet vision around yeah like the opera boxes
2: Mm -hmm. like you just expect stadler and Waldorf to like come out halfway through philhar magic and heckle
0: (laughs) god that would be so dope
2: it'd be good it'd be very good It yeah, honestly be, it would be a great little like easter egg <laughs> like homage to what the theater used to be just have like a second where like i don't know donald passes or waldorf in the opera box or something
1: mm-hmm. that'd be cute
2: and they're just like oh that dumb duck can't get the hat <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh
1: that's what i call a quack quacka oh, 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 oh. <laughs> But it's pretty funny because we just watched Philhar Magic with our friend Alyssa yesterday because she had never seen it before, and so she was just, very charmed, quite rightly. We watched that; it was very cute. And and then like we come home and watch Once Upon a Time, and it's like same hat, but this time it's just eating. People. Ex-
2: Except this <laughs> doesn't bring, bring me wizards. joy.
1: Philhar Magic brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> the hat just eats wizards right up. Who knew? Back to Once Upon a Time. I really enjoyed the flashback scenes in this episode as well. Like we said, I think this was finally a very strong Elsa episode. It was great to see the sisters together, completely avoiding Ingrid's manipulations, playing detectives, and working to take her down. In the present day storyline, I thought the two Henry scenes were particularly strong, both his first scene with Emma and his little heart-to-heart scene with Regina. I also really liked that Killian finally got his head in the game. And not only figured out Gold's plot, she finally told Emma the truth, albeit to her voicemail. And even though Charming definitely said the wrong thing at the end of the convo, I'm glad we got that thoughtful scene between Snow and Charming about Emma. It's been a while since we had a good emotional scene between those two, and it made me realize how much I missed the early days of Once Upon a Time, when we got to spend a lot more time with Snow and Charming. Because they're just so good together. Overall, I thought it was a pretty solid part one of this two-parter, and I'm excited to see what happens next week. Which, I mean, technically, I have already seen what happens next week. But that was like nine years ago, and it's fuzzy, so I'm excited to see it again. (laughs) Let's talk about costumes. I really like Ingrid's winter coat in the opening sequence. It made me think of the Snow Queen from the fairytale theater adaptation of the Snow Queen, and I love that. I think Eduardo must have gotten some inspiration from the Snow Queen's looks in that special for Ingrid. Because Ingrid is definitely rocking Major Lee remake as the Snow Queen vibes. And I definitely recommend that episode of Tale Theater to anyone who has not seen it before.
2: Also just Fairytale Theater. Watch Fairytale
1: Theater. Yeah, watch Fairytale Theater.
2: It's so I good. It I rocks. love fairy Tale Theater. it's a, a
0: kiss to, to Shelley Duvall. Hopefully somewhere in Texas, she feels our good vibes. <laughs> I hope so. I love you, Shelley.
1: Love you, Shelley. It's
0: time to play Who's That Guest Star? In season four, episode eight, Smash Mirror, part one, we have Elizabeth Mitchell as Ingrid, the Snow Queen. American actress Elizabeth Mitchell became a household name for her performance as Dr. Juliet Carlson on Lost. She is also known for her roles on Loving, ER, the Santa Claus franchise, V, Revolution, The Expanse, and Outer Banks. Also, it took me until now to realize that she was Juliet because I hated that
1: character. Oh, really? I do like Juliet. Juliet was actually my first Elizabeth Mitchell character. I thought she was really interesting. To be fair,
0: I hated most of the characters on Lost. Most. I think there were like four that I genuinely liked. Maybe five. Like from beginning to end. Obviously Ben, because he's my little meow meow. Hurley, because I mean, Jesus Christ, you're, you're inhuman if you don't like Hurley. That's very true. I like Uh, the
2: guy who hits the guy with his car.
0: You love Desmond. Desmond, yeah.
2: (laughs) He hits the guy I don't like with his car? You don't like Locke. I don't.
0: No, I don't like Locke either.
2: He scares me.
0: Well, he's also annoying. He looks like a mean cable elf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I am totally telling that to my friend who is watching Lost for the very first time, and she's very annoyed with it. (laughs) Because she liked Locke
1: at first, and now she hates him. I like Claire.
0: I do like Charlie i love charlie you can't help but love him he's so much like, come on him god damn it
1: also shout out even though the show only got one season she is amazing vampire matriarch in what's it called Then the gay vampire show I
0: there's so many gay vampire called, shows i know first,
2: Hold bite? On.
1: first kill first kill yeah she was great on first kill wish we'd gotten a second season of first kill
2: scanned after one season
1: Oh, yeah, I wanted to watch that. But Elizabeth Mitchell was her perfect Elizabeth Mitchell self in it, where she's the smartest one in the room, where she's always has some devious secret, but like doing it with like that sweet smile that definitely has a murderer behind it, which is just the best and only really how I know Elizabeth Mitchell. So I always find it's very funny that she's Mrs. Claus in the Santa Claus franchise. because I'm like, I only know her as just the devious one with a secret. Who like you love, but like you know would stab you in the back because like those are all the roles I've seen her as.
2: Yeah, the Santa Claus I feel like is very much a one of these things doesn't belong here.
1: Yeah. All right, it's time to take a trip down once upon a timeline. So the flashbacks in this episode take place shortly after those seen in season four, episode six, Family Business, and we can assume these scenes are taking place around the same time as those seen in season one episode 12 skin deep where bell first volunteers to work for Stillskin in return for his help to save her home since that's kind of where we left bell at the end of family business as well and this is also the most recent flashback we have seen in arendelle so far and that's it for me we got some rants and raves now
0: Woo.
2: only joy that i have in my life is that pumpkin spice is back Pumpkin spice is all that was standing between me and the void.
0: Between you and inside the <laughs>
2: Between me and what? Being sucked into like, <laughs> the, the sorcerer's
0: hat, the sorcerer's hat
1: into the void.
2: You know, some days I wish it would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. We've had some very delicious pumpkin spice so far, though. We've had three pumpkin chais in the last week. And that wasn't enough. No. We could have had more. Yes. If budget had allowed, we would have probably had gotten one every day.
2: <laughs> the Starbucks one? Two of them were Starbucks. What's the other one? The other one was Dunkin'. How's the Dunkin' one?
1: It's good. I guess for mine, we started watching the show Only Murders in the Building, and I am very much enjoying it so far. We're only about halfway through the first season, but it's been a good ride so far. I'm liking it.
0: I just started it too, and I'm halfway through season two, and I'm also really enjoying it. And on my co host recommendation, I started Gundam Witch of Mercury. Is that how it's? Is that the Witch from Mercury? Okay. The Witch from Mercury. And I really like it so far. So thank you so much for recommending that. You're welcome. Yeah. I haven't watched a new anime in quite a while. (laughs) I'm also enjoying the queer vibes in Ahsoka, whether they're intentional or not, doesn't matter to me. They're there. Otherwise, Y'all, I'm ready for spoopy season to officially begin. Like, if I have time tomorrow, I'm going to decorate my apartment, or at least the front door. Time for the pumpkins to come out.
2: We've done a little bit. Done the mantle. Mm-hmm. We're going to start decorating outside-facing things. Yeah, Elisa says I can't have outside decorations until September 1st. We're
1: doing it September 1st, because that's the day <laughs> Disneyland does it. I
2: mean, Disney I World was like, already has theirs up. But
1: Disney World not. already has theirs up, I
0: know. Yeah, I was thinking September 1st, but I don't get back from Denver until September 6th. So I was like, well, I could either do it before or after. So I figure I'll do a little bit
1: before and the rest after. Nice. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch. As everyone races to stop Emma from giving up her powers, Robin finds a clue that could point Regina to the elusive author of the storybook. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. The moral of this episode is... Robin... You're a fuckboy with main character syndrome. Visit us at Spotify for podcasters to answer episodic questions, send us voice messages, or to find out other ways you can help support the podcast. You can find our page at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash once upon a rewatch. If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of
0: choice.
2: Talk fairy tales with us on Instagram at once upon rewatch. On
0: Tumblr at once upon a rewatch The
1: artwork for our podcast was by Laiji Riru. We want to say a very special thank you to the
2: master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz.
0: This podcast uses material from episode specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.
1: And remember, all plot devices come with a price. Also, hey, look at that. I got through the whole episode without singing the who. But you I did get not a get through it without singing the Pokemon song. <laughs> you still did
0: sing. But that's I get okay. Half a cookie.
1: You get half a cookie.